Hi, I'm Tristan Miller, and this is Positive and Negative, a podcast about the intersectionality between mental health and the arts. Today on the program, I speak with poet Patrick Roach about his experience with anxiety and depression and channeling that into spoken word. Here he is talking about the change in social conversations surrounding mental health. Seeing the, the change in people's perception of and their, and their willingness to talk about uh, mental health without as much shame, that just makes me want to be part of that change even more as it moves forward. This podcast is brought to you by Patreon. You can go to patreon.com slash Tristan J. Miller for early access to unedited versions of the interviews. The theme music is by Billy Conahan. It's To Be or Nah off of the album Leaping with Intent to Fly, available wherever fine music is sold. Here's Patrick. You're from New Jersey. And you went to Princeton, right? Yes, yes, I did. How? What was that experience like? It was a lot. It, it, there was okay. a lot of ups and downs, and some things were very good and fond memories now, and some are still kind of being repressed, I think. <laughs> um, I knew that I didn't want to go too far away from home for mm-hmm. school. I only applied to like three places. Mm-hmm. Uh, and happened to fortunately get in there and then we were like okay well that's nice to know but that's never going to work out like Mm -hmm. money wise uh and then one of the things that I can say was very uh positive about Mm -hmm. my time there and my experience with Princeton especially was the financial aid allowing me to go there and really helping me and my family out tremendously to the extent that uh essentially didn't have to pay anything wow. to go. Wow. Um, they were very, very uh, helpful and gracious. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that was all really, really good. Um, but I was definitely out of my element and didn't really know what I was doing. Once I got there, I was basically a hermit for my first year or mm-hmm. two. It took a while to really find a group that I connected with. Um, there's definitely a lot of there's a there's a big sense of some of the strongest uh, voices and and personalities there being still kind of of the traditional like old guard uh, coming from a fair amount of money or mm-hmm. um, or having a certain plan for their life uh, already laid out and that's not necessarily actually the majority of mm-hmm. students there but it it felt like a, a big part of the atmosphere and a big part of the the culture there. So it wasn't until I really started to find a couple a couple friends through eventually some classes. And then especially once I started just getting involved with a, a poetry group there that mm-hmm. became finally the the group in the community and the and the friend uh, circle that I I started to feel really comfortable with mm-hmm. and felt like I was growing and, and getting a lot uh, out of on a personal level. And then, yeah, and I really enjoyed the classes and felt like I, I explored a lot, even though I don't use my degree. <laughs> What's your degree in? It's in classics, Latin and Greek poetry okay. specifically. So I use some of the, the kind of poetry part of that in my, in my work. Um, 
And then I did everything in the education, the teacher preparation program Mm -hmm. up until the student teaching. I completed like all of the courses in that and had planned to be a high school teacher. Really? And then they allow you to kind of defer your student teaching until after your graduation because they feel like a lot of students just crash and burn trying to do that on top of their senior thesis. Mm-hmm. And because I was relatively local, I was like, okay, yeah, that that sounds like a good plan. I'll come back after graduation. I'll finish that and then I'll be all good to go. But between one, like budget cuts and concerns about will I even be able to find a job just yet as mm-hmm. a teacher right now? Um, this was back in 2014. And having like a full on mental breakdown. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, maybe I should take a step back. Maybe this isn't the best uh, time for me to be responsible for molding the youth of today and tomorrow <laughs> sure. while I am actively falling apart. So I kind of took a step back and then poetry took over my life and I got swept away in that and was very fortunate to pursue that. So mm-hmm. that kind of put my my education plans mm. to the side and i try to incorporate it when i can uh yeah. you know speaking to to students or doing workshops things like that but yeah that absolutely makes sense um what led to the the mental state you were in there that you just mentioned a lot um there was a lot that probably should have been addressed going back many years uh mm-hmm. there was a lot of um a lot of difficulty and and stress and anxiety going back to high school even before that i mean i know that there were stories of like my fifth grade teacher pulling my parents aside and saying you need to like maybe keep an eye on him because he's gonna give himself an ulcer he's like working himself into a into a complete just tizzy over every little thing about his his schoolwork or or anything else and then just like a healthy dose of the like repressing sexuality and mm-hmm. like catholic guilt and all of that of uh definitely fed into some uh some of the anxiety and some of the kind of uh self-loathing uh in my my angsty teen years and there was yeah there was a lot of depression that started to kind of creep up and then when you added stress of college, there's just a lot of that of kind of typical expected stress uh, that happens to a lot of kids uh, when they find themselves thrown into that world. And then also doing that while isolating myself because I just became a hermit. Mm-hmm. Um, that all was not a good cocktail. And then on top of that, navigating an entire mess in my family life of uh, toward the middle part of my, my teen years. So yeah, right around um, start of high school, my father who was a recovering alcoholic for 10 years, 11 years sober um, started drinking again and Mm -hmm. kind of fell into it very, very forcefully. (laughs) Um, And that became a very, very difficult, abusive environment um, for me and my brother and especially for my mother. And trying to deal with all of that while also dealing with a lot of the shame of that and not actually letting anybody else know that that was all happening at home. And then uh, throwing myself even further into 
school and into any other uh, thing that was actually just causing me even more stress. Uh, it all built on itself and snowballed. And then, uh, yeah, and then um, my parents' divorce was finalized while I was in college. And then my father passed away Sorry, uh, when that. I was 21. Uh, my, yeah, it was uh, my, like, he got into a uh, an accident in which mm. he was uh, with a a driver. It was a very rainy night, yeah. and he had kind of passed out after being. Oh. Yeah, uh, that's that's tough. I'm sorry to hear that. Oh yeah, it was it was a whole uh, experience, and that was very kind of complicated and difficult to process. Uh, yeah, I'm sure with the specifically with the way he had just it, been treating you. exactly. Given the history, there's a lot of like, oh, do we feel like we've kind of distanced ourselves a lot in some ways so how does that impact grief how does that impact your memory of the person how does that impact your emotions around losing that person how to what degree do you feel like you've lost elements of the person to begin with Mm -hmm. before even getting to that point but then further complicating it how do you grieve kind of the lost potential of knowing this person had been in a very healthy place with his addiction and his recovery for years and years and years. Is there the potential for that again? Uh, Mm -hmm. Now that potential, whether it would have happened or not is totally gone. Uh, Yeah. So that all happening and then losing a few other family members, grandparents and things just um, kind of coincidentally around the same time Uh, that on top of, my anxiety reaching a peak through schoolwork it just caused really a a perfect storm a perfect storm for for a lot of depression anxiety suicidal ideation everything like that and then uh and uh, none of that was being uh, addressed or treated until mm-hmm. it reached kind of a breaking point of like fully having panic attacks mm-hmm. like every day of the week and so once that started happening how did you deal with it I, the first real, like, intense panic attack that I had, and then looking back, I'm like, oh, I was probably having other ones of these (laughs) before. Um, I had one that was just extremely intense, and and, uh, I was spiraling in my dorm room. I lived in a single room the whole time, so I I I also didn't have a roommate or anything like that. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, And then frantically trying to call and text people some i don't know i think i'm dying i don't know what's happening um not really knowing that some of those physical mm-hmm. uh, symptoms were due to anxiety then not just having a heart attack um and then you know it being three o'clock in the morning and nobody being up or four o'clock in the morning and nobody being awake then that just sent me spiraling even more and then i was kind of strongly encouraged by friends and family uh to go see someone at the uh in the counseling center um and how did that go it went relatively well um it it felt to me in some ways i i felt kind of ambivalent about it one i felt like okay yeah no this this makes a lot of sense and Mm -hmm. I, i should have seen a lot of this coming sure and i didn't um and then on the other hand, 
still feeling a lot of shame and a lot of uh, a lot of guilt about having these things and feeling like I should be able to handle and process all of the things that I'm experiencing and not have it turn into me falling apart and having a breakdown and, and feeling like that reflected really poorly on me. I had a lot of kind of perfectionistic tendencies and those don't really gel well with uh, sure. having the feeling that you've just completely broken down and uh, and can't handle all of the the responsibilities or the challenges or or the assignments or the whatever um so that was really hard for me and didn't know how to bring that up to family and to friends if i if at all or not um but i i continued going and there was especially one um one of the therapists and doctors that i saw uh while i was in school you know there were there were a couple Mm -hmm. that were not as good some were better than others there was one that was particularly good and and Mm -hmm. did a really good job at um helping me parse through a lot of the the guilt and the shame as well as a lot of the the experiences while also like not seeming distant or condescending or anything like that He, he, he just struck a good balance and he was the one to kind of get me slowly started on some medication which was also a big uh Mm -hmm. a big source of concern for me and uh and something that i had a lot of hesitation about and a lot of um a lot of resistance to why Uh, i think that i just felt like i should be able to handle everything on my own Mm -hmm. and it was kind of disappointing enough for me uh to be seeking help at all sure and to be talking to someone and then to feel like i needed something like a some pills or or anything like that to fix whatever was going on with me that was a very like concrete uh example or or illustration of there is something wrong with me mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. this is a thing that now I have to take every day to to fix whatever's wrong with me and and really kind of framing it that way in my mind of uh of like oh this is just going to remind me every day that yeah. something's something's not right and uh and that was uh one of the biggest challenges for me to to get over and to and to kind of work past and how'd you do that a lot of that was one through continuing with therapy yeah uh, and then two i felt very fortunate um to be able to process and cope with a lot of my experiences through my writing yeah which really came from kind of a place of necessity initially um I had written occasionally in like middle school and high school as a kid, whatever, just kind of exploring that here or there. Um, But my primary like source of release and stress relief was running. I was a very serious cross country and track athlete. Mm -hmm. um, And I had planned to continue with that into college, maybe not on like a 
a really competitive varsity level, but at least, you know, on my own or maybe at like a club level or whatever. Um, and then I kind of busted my knees right before starting college. Uh, just years of running on concrete, maybe not with the best form. And then also with like some bad genetics in my family sure. around our knees. Um, they just were not having it. <laughs> Tried to, you know, lay off of them, get back into it, go see some some folks about like some like orthopedic or like physical therapy type things mm -hmm. and got to the point where they were just like, yeah, you just should this isn't going to really work. <laughs> we can try some sort of a, like a surgery or, or some okay. sort of procedure, but that was a little bit much for me. And then losing that eventually I was really, really kind of getting to a point where I needed to find some sort of outlet again. Yeah. Um, and I started writing just kind of on a whim, started writing a little bit more um, and exploring poetry. And then a friend of mine just happened to find out and see like a poem that I had written on my you know desk in my dorm room. And she grabbed it and ran out of the room and then came back like 10 minutes later and <laughs> said, you know, there's an open mic like this weekend. I looked yeah. into everything. You're going to get signed up for it and we're going to go and it's going to be great. And I kind of got strong armed into that. Mm -hmm. um, and just coincidentally, there was a spoken word poetry group that had just started up on campus and crossed paths with them. And they wanted me to, you know, check them out and come to a meeting. And I was like, I, but I also <laughs> like had no friends. So sure. Yeah. Um, and I very kind of quickly fell in love with that art form and specifically that kind of a community that felt very supportive, very open and very like invested in one another and in one another's like not just growth as a writer or a performer, but also like as a person, um, because so many of us were writing some personal things mm -hmm. um, and it, it was a very good environment and atmosphere um for that and i started writing through some of my my emotions and my feelings and my experiences mm -hmm. and found that that was helpful for me just some catharsis of getting things out and articulating things that i was having a lot of difficulty parsing and then after getting over the initial just terror of sharing some of that openly um, I found that that act of actually speaking and sharing and, and, uh, and acknowledging those experiences was also really helpful for me. And what really shocked me was how much I was able to like connect with people, people that I didn't know in the audience who either had similar experiences or didn't have similar experiences, but by nature of like being vulnerable and being open and honest and, and, uh, and sharing my details of my personal experiences they felt like there was a a degree of recognition or understanding there yeah and then also with like people that i had known for a while friends that i had known for months or years or whatever um feeling like there was a a deeper connection there too because i slowly started becoming more comfortable with being open and vulnerable and finding the the value in sharing and and not just like repressing and suppressing mm -hmm. things mm -hmm. um and yeah and then i've kind of discovered how 
as I looked more into things, especially when I started pursuing poetry and thinking, what do I want to do with this? Um, really learning the value in breaking down a lot of that uh, shame and stigma um, as I started, you know, doing more research and, and getting more involved in different organizations or different uh, changes in the, the cultural mindset. Um, yeah. Kind of that value of honesty and, and for me, storytelling um, as a way of breaking down some of the walls and like ripping off a little bit of a bandaid to get the, just get the conversation started. And, uh, and that then the ball kind of keeps rolling and people feel a lot more, they, they feel more permission to be open and, uh, and feel like things are maybe a little less intimidating or a little less taboo once someone actually starts acknowledging them, especially if it's in a way that is understandable, maybe shows some of the levity in Mm -hmm. something. Um, and just some of the like heart and uh and truth in there uh mm-hmm. and giving it that real like personal connection uh so that it feels a little less like amorphous yeah um, do you think you ever would have gotten to performing on your own or had your friend not strong armed you i doubt it um i i really doubt it I had no performing experience mm-hmm. in my life of any kind. You know, some people come into the the spoken word performance uh, world through maybe a theater background or a speech and debate background, or some of them come through it, come to it through a serious like creative writing background of I'm, I'm studying this. I'm really, and I, and I kind of just fell into it. Yeah. Um, and I don't think I would have really considered it something that I would have gone into I I always maybe had a little bit of a feeling of oh I wish I had done some theater I wish I had done something uh performance focused um but I was just always so like aggressively type a I need to do this 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 have the most difficult uh rigorous (laughs) class schedule I need to be involved in all of these organizations and then doing like the track and stuff on top of that I felt like I have no time for that yeah um where do you think that comes from, that desire to, like, overwork yourself? I there I feel like um, I've had to rail against in, um, in therapy some of sure. the uh, assumptions of, like, oh, yeah, so, like, did you, was that, like, instilled in you with family or with whatever? Yeah, and yeah. it's like, no, not, not really for me. <laughs> um, they were just supportive of whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but there was some something about i have a very i don't let it on very much or or often um but Mm. i have a very competitive side oh sure um so as soon as i found out like school is something i could be good at yeah can i be the best at it yeah yeah, uh that became a very like unhealthy mindset to, (laughs) to find myself in um so that was one aspect of it and then i just felt like um I don't know. I I guess maybe I internalized something, even if it wasn't really instilled in me by any family or anything of like, you know, I'm just coming from kind of a average, uh, well, you know, public school and wherever and Mm -hmm. feeling like, oh, maybe I could do something or be something. uh, Then I felt like 
whether anyone else had that feeling or that uh that thought of me I had like built that up in my own mind and I was like now I'll disappoint myself if I don't uh be perfect in every every avenue that I that I try um and I just speak yeah I I very very quickly started just running on fumes sure let me take that again it sounds like a lot of your focus seems to be on potential yeah and meeting your own potential and other meeting theirs um and do you think that's a form a manifestation of the anxiety oh yeah Um, yeah i and then i kind of would very quickly paint myself into a corner of like I have all these things. I need to do all of them. Well, if I don't, then someone's going to be disappointed in me. Someone's going to look down on me or I'm just going to feel like I didn't live up to what I should have been able to do. Mm -hmm. But then I just would get frozen by all of the possibility, all (laughs) of the things, all the opportunity, whatever. Um, Like it got to the point in my uh, in college where. I just didn't respond whatsoever to my thesis advisor for months. Um, Oh boy. Because I was like, Oh God, I have to do this. And if I don't do this perfectly, then it's not going to be worth anything. And then I would just be frozen and be like, Oh, but now I've missed an email. Now I can't get Mm -hmm. back on top Mm -hmm. of it because now it's going to be facing that uh, mountain, that mountain. And it just built and built and built. And it got to the point where like I needed, I, I got like, sat down by my advisor and like one of the uh like deans and whatever and they were like we just need you to literally write something (laughs) just just do something (laughs) and they i had like multiple extensions i think i handed it in on the absolute final day allowed not just like the due date like the Mm -hmm. absolute final day with extensions (laughs) that you could possibly like get it you're in the cap and gown Uh and you hand and i basically hand it to the yeah no um yeah, it was it was a lot. Yeah. So, how do you go about writing a poem these days? I definitely um started out with very much the I'm just going to spill everything out sure. and and need to work through whatever I'm going through and whatever comes out is something. Um <laughs> but then as I started being like more intentional about it, yeah. um as a writer and like as a person um i've gotten a little bit of the routine of like sitting down and thinking what do i want to do with this what what's what's my goal here um and i cannot write well in my own home <laughs> um yeah i just get too easily wrapped up in anything else or distracted or whatever um i benefit from some of the the structure being imposed on me Mm -hmm. um so that means just like finding myself in a different space um physically usually so i like found a few uh especially pre-covid um i would just like post up for like five hours in a bubble tea shop that was Mm -hmm. very kind and and forgiving of me (laughs) um and would say okay i'm gonna write for a little bit i'm gonna do whatever um i started giving myself some prompts uh to really kind of guide my writing but generally i'll like maybe have a concept or a line or two that comes to my mind and it'll be stewing and and kind of percolating for a little while um 
and then I'll like sit down and decide, okay, I really want to get this down. How am I going to go about this? Um, give myself a constraint of time to write it in, um, or give myself a prompt. And, uh, and it started to get to the point where I found that I wanted to change the way that I was writing actually, um, in the spoken word and like slam world, Mm -hmm. there's a, there's an entire part of that that is competitive. Yes. And, uh, and a lot of folks find themselves growing in that world a lot. It's like, okay, I'm really improving my performance. I'm really finding what connects to people. I'm really finding what about my writing is unique compared to other people that I'm, I'm performing alongside or competing against. But then you get to a point where like, I felt like I was becoming a little stagnant um, because sure. I found these things are working. Yeah. And I know that this will work and score well or get me, you know, far in the competition or whatever. Um, and that often meant really relying on the heavy and the, and yeah. the difficult because that would be, impactful and and striking um but i felt like i was rehashing a lot of things that i felt like i had kind of processed Mm -hmm. and i wasn't reflecting where i was trying to move in my own life Mm -hmm. so yeah so recently i felt like i my approach to writing was like sitting down and deciding how can i how can i shift that so i started writing a lot of odes a lot of like poems intentionally in praise of something or Mm -hmm. uh or glorifying something uh and even if i'm writing about my mental health it's kind of taking control of that narrative this time yeah. and with a little bit of the benefit of time and perspective now uh i'm not necessarily writing as much out of necessity of i'm actively going through a mental breakdown right now and i'm you know getting like sent into the the student health center overnight or whatever um now it's okay i mean i'm still going to therapy every week and doing the whole uh the whole production um but i feel like my where i am right now with my mental health and with my art i want to write about it but show how i am taking more agency in that Mm -hmm. um so it was a lot of like addressing my mental health and looking forward and looking outward or um or kind of framing it in how I am taking control of that story and how I would like that story to go Mm -hmm. um so that's that's kind of where I am now in my yeah in my writing that's great to hear was there any fear that now that you were able to tackle these things easier that some of the inspiration would go away I I think there is a lot of the uh, a lot of a lot of folks go through that yeah. fear uh, in in any creative outlet or any art um, of thinking if we're not actively suffering we're not going to be yeah. able to have anything to pull from we're not going to have anything to fuel our creative process or our art um, but once I kind of got into a clearer mindset i started to find that oh actually i'm able to be much more productive now i can be more intentional with wanting to write and how to write and actually think through my experiences with more clarity with uh 
with a lot more nuance, um, even if it's something that does come up as a new experience that maybe is difficult and I'm trying to write through it. I feel like at this point now, I've either through my own experience of, of writing and working on my own uh, mind and, and mm-hmm. stuff or through like the tools with therapy and whatnot. Um, I feel like now I have a lot more ability technique and, and more of a toolkit to tackle things now. Um, and it just, I think has, has opened up the, the whole world of, of poetry for me a lot more. Mm-hmm now that I, I feel like I am not just grasping for, for <laughs> straws to, to work through all of the, the horror and the, and, the, and the suffering that I might have felt like I was going through. Yeah. It's difficult enough being a writer and making a living off of that, but particularly a poet. How do you feel about the success that you've had and does it cause you anxiety? Like that you've you've fought, found yourself in this career path there was a lot of like and still is a lot of the imposter syndrome oh, of sure. like feeling especially because i felt like i really fell into poetry without yeah. planning to yeah um so and then the way things worked out for me within a year or so we sent a group of us at princeton to the college national competition and i was very fortunate that not only did our team do well, we didn't really know what we were doing. We just went with the pieces <laughs> that we were proud of and wanted to share. And yeah. they ended up going over well. And then I was fortunate enough to have some of the pieces recorded and put on the YouTube channel of a, an organization, Button Poetry, that I had like followed for years um, mm-hmm. and was where I you know, got a lot of uh, my, uh, my poetry and my spoken word. Uh, mm-hmm that I would enjoy. Uh, so it just felt like a good and very uh, surprising, but, uh, but welcome uh, development for them to be like, Hey, would you want to have, yeah. have this go up on our thing? And we'll, you know, have it get signed off and whatever. Um, and then just through kind of stroke of luck of, the right people seeing things and sharing and then getting onto whatever mm-hmm. outlets um suddenly having something that was just a like little kind of hobby of mine mm-hmm. get blown up um on like seeing it on like the buzzfeeds and the upworthies and the things like that um was kind of terrifying yeah <laughs> actually um one, because it happened in the midst of the mental breakdown and the mm-hmm. finals and the thesis and all that. And then two, because it was a lot of like personal things that I was talking about <laughs> in the poetry and suddenly, you know, extended family or people in my hometown or whoever now suddenly are like seeing these things that we had never brought up publicly. Sure. Um, so that gave me a lot of anxiety initially was I'm being very open and uh, and now suddenly everyone is seeing that. Um, but the response was always very, very largely positive and Mm -hmm. and supportive. Do you feel an obligation to continue to talk about your mental health, even though it might be not your favorite thing to talk about these days? Um, 
I I don't know if I feel an I feel a little bit of an obligation insofar as like I've done a lot of my writing around that. Yeah, so if yeah. I'm gonna come and do a show, if I don't want to talk about mental health, I guess I'm only doing these <laughs> the couple poems. Yeah. Like, okay. Um I hope you like poems about being gay and Carly Rae Jepsen because that's what you're gonna get. Like um, A plus. But uh but then I would do those poems and they'd still have things about mental health. Um <laughs> but no, I, I at this moment I still feel less an obligation and more a desire to Good. from from Good. within like myself um because i still am finding that there is a lot of like good to be done uh and and a lot of positive effect that this type of work can have and i still feel like it's something that i don't know i i still feel like I get something out of it personally. Um, and it just still feels like such a, such a pressing uh, mm-hmm. issue and matter for a lot of folks. And I can, I feel like I start to see the conversation around and the, and the perception of mental health starting to shift. Mm-hmm. And that continues to excite me when mm-hmm. I see that. And makes me want to continue being part of that. Good. Um, when I see like, oh, you know, especially with like young adults and teens and whatever, like they seem to be much more uh, open yeah. <laughs> with. Turns out, uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Suddenly, you know, you look and they're like, oh, LOL, look at what my therapist just told me yeah, today yeah. and whatever. Um, and that ends up exciting me. Yeah. Because it makes me feel like things are changing because so much of my personal struggles with mental health had to do with overcoming my own shame and and what Mm -hmm. i guess maybe had the stigma that had been instilled um in me seeing the the change in people's perception of and their and their willingness to talk about uh mental health without as much shame Mm -hmm. that just makes me want to be part of that change even more as it moves forward you use the phrase that there's something wrong with you. Is that mm-hmm. still how you view it? That it's a problem to be fixed? I think that there is a way to think, okay, um, there are things that I can do to like, you know, improve, maybe not fix and maybe not mm-hmm. as a problem. Um, and things to, I, I think it's become less about me feeling that there is a, a problem or something about me that needs to be fixed or, um, or even maybe not even improved, um, rather than just things about myself that maybe I might need some help with, mm-hmm. um, that maybe some other folks might also or might not, um, and trying to feel like, yeah, it's just part of me that I have learned to accept help, mm-hmm. uh, around with whether you know from people or from medication uh Mm -hmm. and learning that like it wasn't a it's not a problem or something wrong but what after receiving that help and while receiving that help i i like the version of myself that comes out of that much more than 
mm-hmm. the version of myself before. And maybe it's not through any fault of my own, but it's, uh, uh, yeah, I don't know. A responsibility. Yeah. It's, it's more of like, I like this version of myself and this version of myself is healthier and happier. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I feel like now it's not that I wanted to fix this problem in myself, but it's that I, I should at least owe it to myself to, to give myself that, that happiness or that health. Mm-hmm. Um, Do you have a fear that you'll develop bad habits around alcohol as well? I have never had a drink in my yeah. life. Um, and that is probably an extreme and sure. potentially unhealthy or unnecessary uh, reaction to have had to everything. But, but if it works. But it, it so it, it seemingly works and I don't feel a need for it. And some of that mm-hmm. was, um, I don't know how much of it was just happy coincidence or how much of it was kind of subconsciously... Um, gravitating toward folks like my friend group in high school nobody drank yeah um in college i didn't gravitate toward the whole party atmosphere um and that i think was a little bit more intentional um but uh but at that point yeah i just felt like okay i it it hasn't been a part of my my social life or my um or my yeah party uh any anything it it hadn't been a part of my social like or uh, social life or any of the like broader uh groups or cultures that i had Mm -hmm. been a part of uh in in my friends or in my writing or in anything like that Mm -hmm. um and i ended up i felt like i was also at that point really like yeah intentionally Mm-hmm. only surrounding myself with folks who like respected that or <laughs> um or were okay with that and i got to the point um for years i wouldn't even want to be around really it, though um i wouldn't go to like parties if i knew that it was going to be like a big drinking mm-hmm. situation or um or if i just felt like it might turn into that or people might want to go somewhere um i slowly <laughs> started introducing myself um to to places where people might be drinking or doing whatever Mm -hmm. um also like in college i feel like with um again with like the poetry group they were like hey um we're gonna have a little like yeah holiday party thing um everybody's gonna be there um but just like so you know i think some folks might have a little like we're just gonna have like a little bottle of wine some people might have something like Mm -hmm. if if you're okay with that we'd love for you to come if not no problem but like Mm -hmm. uh and yeah like kind of just taking those baby steps of like situations where people were in control and uh and not going too crazy um Mm -hmm. started getting to uh allowing me to be a little bit more comfortable being around alcohol um and now I'm at the point where, like, um, yeah, I mean, my boyfriend and I will go, like, especially pre-COVID, we were going probably, like, multiple times a month to various gay bars for drag shows and whatever. Yeah. Um, and we still wouldn't be going to, like, the super uh, 
wild party nights or anything like that. But, um, but yeah, but I was, I was much more comfortable with it. Um, and he's been good about, uh, he's very interested in like mixing drinks and doing whatever. Mm -hmm. So now it's like, it, it became his, uh, his new project of, okay, I'm going to make this drink for like, if we have a couple friends come over now, Mm. now I want to figure out how to make the best, like non-alcoholic version of it. Yeah. Um, So it's, yeah, I've slowly kind of gotten more comfortable around alcohol, but I still don't Mm -hmm. feel a desire to start (laughs) um, trying it. Uh, And yeah, I don't know. It might be a little, extreme uh but it i haven't felt a need to yet Mm -hmm. um and now at this point i feel like as i'm getting older and older i'm like well now i have no idea how i'm gonna react to it and i don't know i feel like i've gone through everything at this point (laughs) if i like what need do i have now um Mm -hmm. but yeah i mean having said that like my brother worked for years in a bar um yeah bartending and so yeah he didn't have like that extreme reaction that i did and he still has has remained healthy and uh with a a healthy relationship with substance uh use but yeah i mean there there definitely is yeah and maybe that was is the healthier route to go down i don't know uh to say you know what i'm just gonna be i'm gonna face it right on and, Mm -hmm. and i don't know um, well, again, if it works, it works. Yeah. I, I think you kind of mentioned this before, but I'd like to hear more about it. I I would assume you have a fair amount of complex feelings about your father, mm-hmm. specifically probably some anger towards mm-hmm. him. Is it hard now that he's passed to deal with that because that can't go anywhere? What's been kind of the most difficult and, and complicating aspect of it for me, I think, is trying to... Or, or really, you know, I think to some degree, getting to a place where where I've done it, uh, I've I've gotten better at like reconciling the behavior and the impact mm-hmm. with like he was extremely sick. Yeah. Um. And and how do you balance that? And and then then that introduces a lot of guilt of like, should we have stayed? And should we have? You know, how much? Yeah. Are you? Uh, how much responsibility does someone have to helping yeah, someone yeah. who's, who's struggling with, with all of that when the person who's struggling with all of that is, is also like putting you in active harm. And, uh, yeah. So that was really complicated is, is getting to a point of like, we know like he needed a lot of help and feeling like should we have, been able to to give more of that help should we not have um did we stay too long did we not stay um so there's still a lot of a lot of just complicated feelings around all of that but really i think the the hardest thing or the thing that probably left the most lasting amount of like anger or or frustration for me um was less about my experience and more like um having difficulty reconciling uh or or uh or processing like what witnessing the the mm-hmm. the, the abuse from like toward my mother yeah um and that is still kind of 
hard and 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 difficult but i i don't think i'm in a place where the primary emotion is anger good for all of that anymore um it was a sad situation for, that sounds like you have a lot of empathy for him. um for everyone but yeah. uh what would your um what would your biggest piece of advice to someone who's struggling with anxiety and depression while also trying to write be mm-hmm. um it's to one just not be afraid of writing because if you're um there's some fears i feel like of like oh i I, i'm a writer but i don't want to write through this or i don't want to write this down or maybe that's not worth anything or whatever it's like even if nobody reads it you'll probably get a lot out of the act of writing about it even if it just helps you articulate things better or or find the words for it um whether that becomes something that somebody else sees or not um it can be a a a fruitful exercise for you um and to just trust i think the value in writing um because a lot of the anxiety for me and for i think some other writers ends up becoming or or being channeled into that like Mm -hmm. imposter syndrome uh and and just trusting that there is a, a value in that um and i think uh yeah, I I I like to think of writing as like a tool for transformation and that's been um I think useful for me as mm-hmm. uh just in general but especially as it applies to my anxiety and depression is looking at it as like a tool for capturing transformation and like chronicling that and a tool for transforming mm-hmm. your yourself, your your experiences, your your own like thoughts behind everything you're you're going through but um but mainly i would just say that the more that you can do uh the better because you'll get better at writing on just a a craft and technique side of things but you'll also find that you're becoming a lot more adept at articulating your emotions and your experiences and your feelings especially if you're writing about your anxiety and your depression and that is not just going to help you in your writing but also a lot in your own personal life and your own growth um, to be able to accurately and maybe more succinctly and quickly identify okay i'm feeling this way yeah i've I've kind of parsed this out and figured out maybe i'm feeling this way because of x or y or z or whatever Mm -hmm. and and writing has been a useful tool for me in that in really kind of like outlining and spelling out how things are connected or where this might be coming from or um or just making everything a little bit more digestible and understandable for myself in a way that is less intimidating intim- less intimidating and more just like accessible to myself and and that allows you to like process and move forward a lot more easily and a lot more quickly and maybe find more like hope and, and, and positivity there. Good. Yeah. I, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention that you've written a couple of books, but you mm-hmm. have a new one out specifically. Yes. Yeah. Um, so just in October of, uh, congratulations, year, by the thank way, thank you. 2021. Um, I published my first like full length collection. I had done a few shorter, um, I kind of liken it to, um, 
if like a musician puts out like eps and mm-hmm. then a, and then an actual like full lp um it kind of felt like it feels like that um so that was like one of my covid projects was finally sure. sitting down and really putting the full collection together and it was a, a big exercise for me in compiling a lot of my writing a lot of my thoughts from over the past you know five six seven years um into a work that would really have like an arc and a journey of acknowledging and and showing these things that I've experienced how I've tried to process them and maybe not successfully done so (laughs) and then how I've worked through actually acknowledging uh and and coping with these things and then how to move forward using Mm-hmm. that process of of coping and and understanding toward you know finding some hope and love and and joy and because a lot of my work as i mentioned is is rooted in that idea of tackling shame or or what is and isn't uh typically access uh acceptable the the entire collection is titled a socially acceptable breakdown mm-hmm. um, i found that like <laughs> writing and performing was kind of for a while the way yeah. for me to have a <laughs> a little bit of a socially acceptable breakdown on stage and on page uh but then exploring like how i would like these things to actually be yeah. acceptable and and change and challenge some of the the social understanding and 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 mindset around those things so yeah so i do a lot of work around mental health in it and and it's all rooted in personal narrative and experience and then I pull in a lot of the things that also brought levity and, and joy mm-hmm. and, and humor to my life. So there's pieces that are uh, maybe speaking with or uh, or inspired by Carly Rae Jepsen music. There's mm-hmm. a piece on like Piranha Plant from Super Mario. There's <laughs> stuff about drag and about like Ursula. And there's, yeah, uh, feeling like one of the big presences in my life is pop culture and i wanted to like incorporate that to show the heavy stuff along with the light how maybe they balance each other out or how they both like coexist yeah Uh, so thank you very much for doing this yes thank you for having me i appreciate your time